0: Chapter 49 Gloria thought she would have to cancel class again, yet miraculously, her sudden fever and lightheadedness abated after several hours in a cool, dark room, the fan blowing on her as she took a fitful nap. Gloria. Waking, she'd heard her name as clear as day, bolting upright in the heat of the late afternoon sun, her throat raw and dry from the whooshing fan. The room was empty. Tears sprung into her eyes. She was going mad. She had heard Henry say her name as if he had been right there, curled behind her as she slept. She ached to feel his arms around her again. Sometimes, she thought, if he had just come back, they could go on. Never mentioning the strange interlude in life where he was accused of murder, a fugitive at large, a self-proclaimed vampire, and the part of life where she'd lost her mind... Succumbing to postmenopausal madness, the brain aging to match the rotting exterior. They could just go on, like they had been before. Now, her hair a mess, her makeup minimal, her shirt askew, she stood before her disbanded, rebanded a much smaller creative writing class, nervously explaining the continued pervasive health concerns which had prevented her from sending so much as an email during her convalescence. Though everyone here had since heard the truth of it, it was too small of a town for those types of secrets. It was almost more shocking to Gloria that there weren't extra students here to experience the spectacle of her return. Okay, welcome. Let's just pick up exactly where we left off. Hopefully everyone has made some headway into their narrative. So let's get back to business, shall we? The door in the back of the musty classroom creaked open. (coughs) Gloria ignored the latecomer, assuming it was the youngest girl with the short green hair who arrived late every single class. She casually turned to ask, Who wants to read first? I'd like to take a stab at it, if I may. Gloria's heart dropped. She would never forget that sing-song accent. That youthful voice dripping with malice as Bennett went on, leaning out from behind the frizzy-haired student in front. Bennett stood. Revealing himself fully the other students, more curious than leery of this unannounced new pupil with the balls to not only speak up, but volunteer to read during his very first class. Not since Henry's introduction had they been this intrigued by a new classmate. I know I'm new to class, but I've read the synopsis. I have a first-person story to read, if you don't mind. The class watched in quiet amazement as Gloria visibly fell apart and recomposed herself within the span of half a second. And you are? Call me Ben. Bennett strode to the front of the class in three powerful steps, asserting himself confidently behind the ornate pulpit. The eyes of the other students riveted to the young man, now pacing in front of them like a caged tiger, looking about the converted Bible school room with approval. He began a slow clap, looking into the eyes of each student as he spoke, his melodic voice trance-inducing. And everybody, please, a round of applause for your esteemed teacher. I'm sure you being here to learn from the best. I'm sure you all know who she is, the Gloria Weedman, a writer the Atlantic Monthly once stated, gave us the feminist punch in the face we didn't know we needed. The class, who until now had been smiling and nodding along as Bennett lauded their respected teacher, now grew more concerned, the corners of their mouths dropping when his tone turned mocking. Only his accent and odd bearing kept them questioning their own instincts when he continued. This is, uh, what would you call it, um, fan fiction, if you will, set in the same universe as your pal Henry's tall He paused and winked at Gloria, and then cleared his throat shuffling a small stack of typed pages he'd produced from his back pocket, the crease folding them into a V. He straightened the pages, looking about the room expectantly to the students who waited with unbridled anticipation, tinged with mounting fear, as this harmless-looking boy, somehow, charmingly, effortlessly, took the class captive and began reading. I smelled the honeysuckle first than the clean scent of the ocean breeze that carried it. Salt and sweat and honeysuckle mixed with the midday sun, so fresh I could taste her before I ever saw her. I was surprised when she broke into the clearing, unaware of my lonely presence, fixed between the trees as I was, invisible as always. I thought from her smell that she'd be golden, all spun gold, radiant, and feminine lace. Not this Sly Fox, slinking along the deserted coastline on some hidden errand. The wind picked up, blowing her drab clenched cloak from her head, and I gasped aloud. She must have heard me. I froze as she tilted her head, her snub-tipped nose, sprinkled with freckles as it was, turned up and sniffed the air. Her hair, the most curious plum-colored hair. I was transfixed, and she stopped the air vibrating around her lithe form, balancing gracefully on the ball of one leather-clad foot before leaping across the sand, up past the sharp lashes of the cattails into the dark trees lining the beach. And to think, I'd only meant to find my brother here in this godforsaken scrap of a settlement. Then to stumble upon this, her, his, I recognized the honeysuckle from the border of his cabin. I knew that smell already from my surveillance, I just hadn't seen her, I hadn't known she existed yet, but I did now, and I couldn't look away if I tried. I thought I was the hunter, but when she came into a clearing, a clearing quite obviously used before for her dark purposes, the bones and talismans hanging from the tree, the debased carcass of what was once a cat the weathered offerings beneath a melted tallow candle, she paused, kneeling beneath the frightening effigy, an altar of sorts. Now I was in love. What was the slip of a child goading dark gods to do her bidding, doing in a place full of buttoned-down Puritans, a viper in a pit of molding bread? So out of place here. She tilted her head, her sharp nose sniffing the air once more, then she looked directly at me where I perched in the low branch of a mighty oak. I know that you're there, that you can come out now. I felt it in my toes when she spoke. And I know full well what you are so you can disperse with your niceties. I landed beside her and suddenly she was raking me brazenly with her gray eyes, which glittered black as they surveyed her prey. Who was this magnificent creature? And where had she been my whole life? Her cold appraisal made my cock quite hard, and that hadn't happened in eons. Your brother has gone, and he's not coming back. I don't think a coward he is, but I've seen you. I've heard of you. My slave Birch, her people spoke of you my entire life. The eaters of the world... The ghosts of Roanoke who never die. I've been told that your blood is for sale. Is that true? Could I trade my soul for a drop? And that was it. I was lost in her web. I forgot my reason to be. It was true. I'd stuck around this miserable country for decades. Far longer than I should because of him. Because I fancied we'd eventually reunite and make a proper family. I came to this world with my brother the only man who ever loved me without brutality the only man who ever really looked out for me unbidden in my entire life We long to be loved to be captive to someone else in this world beholden yet we hate ourselves for being human for being weak that this person's existence now makes us weaker still we hate that person for being our binding for holding us We hate what we cannot have. And then when we have it, we think it's too easily had and we hate it anew. Because love should be a struggle after all. We want it. We get it. We hate it. And we destroyed the world trying to free ourselves from its bonds. Like a serpent eating its own tail. Over and over. And now because of her, we start again. Bennett finished bowing his head dramatically, then walking grandiosely out of the classroom without another word. Confused and intimidated, the students clapped lightly, their applause tapering off into awkward silence. Gloria stood, her gaze on Bennett until she heard his footfalls down the hallway and the clang of the exterior door slamming shut. Class, I'd love to hear more with that, but I, I think we're out of time, she breezed airily. As if ending class early were of no consequence, her brain had shut down. There was no way she could go on teaching. But we haven't, one of the long-time students protested. Was that really Henry's friend? Another chimed in. We should call the police, added one of the more mature students. Out of time, Gloria sang out cheerfully. I'll see you all next Wednesday. We'll get to more of you then. She waved her hands as the students slowly gathered their belongings shooting Gloria looks of confusion, concern, and moderate disapproval while filing out. She needed to get the students gone and get herself to her car to drive straight to the police station and report this. She didn't know who he really was or what this boy was truly capable of doing, but she knew she wasn't safe anymore, and Henry wasn't here to protect her now. She was on her own.